Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. And there's calls on the government to address the long surgical wait times for children with scoliosis and spina bifida. A motion actually is going to be discussed in the Dáil later today about this. But Anna Mills' family know only too well about these struggles. Anna's two daughters have the um, condition scoliosis with their youngest currently struggling to even get an appointment with a consultant. Anna's with us on the line today. Anna, just first of all, tell us a little bit about your two girls. Yeah, sure. My eldest daughter had um, scoliosis diagnosed in 2017 and she had a rapid progression in her curve, so she needed surgery within a year. So when she was diagnosed, she was up around 32 degrees. But if she had area intervention at the time, she may have um, got away with, with some bracing um, to, to maybe help delay the curve progression. Um, now, she's actually overdue a follow-up appointment for uh, a review appointment at the minute and um, she's waiting over a year and a half and she's in pain with her back. We've had no correspondence, no follow-up, nothing, no communication from her um, outpatient clinic in Kappa. And my youngest daughter now is after being diagnosed in January and when I rang the public health care um, clinic in Tampa Street to see when she may be seen, I was advised that maybe at the earliest she would be uh, in May or June, which is like a six-month wait. And if, she, if her condition is the same as her elder sister, she could have a rapid pro- progression within that time. So we're missing the window there um, for maybe a possible brace and just to delay the progression of the curve. Early access and intervention and care is, is, is vital for, for this condition. Yeah. Anna, your, your, your eldest daughter was at, you said, what, 32 degrees, um, the, yeah. the curvature in her back. When, when she was diagnosed six years ago, what was at that? Yeah, yeah. And what would you say her curvature is at now? Um, well, when she had her surgery, she had a spinal fusion um, just under a year later and it was estimated around 85. We didn't actually get the, the correct figure because she wasn't x-rayed right before surgery. But that's what the consultant had advised us at the time. So it had so jumped from 32 to 85 degrees in the space of 12 months. Exactly, yeah. And because of the age she was at, she was uh, 13, years at the, 13 years old at the time. And her younger sister is now 12. So she's in the same um, same criteria, really. So she needs she needs to get the area intervention. Um, but like if you if you have the access, if you have the funds for a private appointment, you could, see your appointment, you could get an appointment within one to two weeks, which is actually disgraceful. But if you want to wait for a public appointment, you have to. It could be at least six months. We haven't even got an appointment um, from January when she, the referral was sent in from the GP, even though it was marked as urgent. Um, and with previous family history as well, we still have no correspondence, no communication whatsoever. Only that I had around to follow up. So your eldest daughter, who's now 13, Anna, is waiting on a review appointment for the past year and a half. She has gone through, she's had surgery, but she needs a a follow-up review and then your your youngest daughter who's now 12 is that right? If I that, no, no she was, my eldest daughter was 13 at the time Sorry, she apologies, yeah. so apologies. She's currently 20 so She's 20, she's, sorry, apologies she's almost out of the window for child access or for, for care under say maybe Kappa Kids or whatever that's where she had her surgery Okay, but e- either way she's waiting on, She's waiting for a year and a half for her follow-up review and your youngest exactly. daughter who, who has just been really diagnosed is um, she's had no appointment at all no appointment whatsoever, no. Um, just it's only when I rang to find out what the wait would be. It was estimated by the secretary that it could be May, it could be June, but it could even be longer. So, like, if if she actually was seen maybe this month, she would, may have the option of bracing even just to slow the progression of the curve. Um, like we've had empty promises before from the government um, 
uh, even going back to my first child's diagnosis from Simon Harris at the time, he said no child would wait more than four months for access. And here we are again, and she's, she could be waiting six months or longer to even get the initial appointment with her consultant. Plus, we're also down um, a consultant as well when they have suspended Conor Green, who was an excellent surgeon, who should be reinstated. He he actually performed the surgery on my first, first daughter. Um, so, like, it's actually ridiculous that he's he's not um, in an operating theatre providing surgery for children. Like, there's 327 children currently on a waiting list. That list could be reduced if they had the, the access to early intervention for children. The, the the point around your your youngest daughter and the fact that she hasn't seen anybody to see what what she might need or or what the uh, what percentage or degrees her her curvature is at at the moment, Anna. Yeah. Um, like day to day, how is she? Can can you see has she progressed or deteriorated much? Yeah, you can see she's getting tired. Or like it, it does affect their day to day. Like her her appetite is slowly reducing. She used to be, used to have a really healthy appetite because and you can see it actually reduced in her at the moment. And she's, you can see that it's harder to get her up in the mornings as well for school. Like, it does have a daily impact. And her older sister had to actually have an iron infusion um, every couple of months because of the, the tiredness that she was affected with from the um, diagnosis with scoliosis as well. Well, like... <laughs> It has to be very concerning for you, Anna, when you've already gone, you know, you're going through this with, with your eldest daughter and, and now your youngest daughter as well. Yeah. Like, you know the like road ahead. We've been here before, like, and it's like, it's it's constantly on your mind, like, you're just stressed over when she's ever going to be seen or what's going to happen because you, you know what you're facing with, like, it's, it was actually worse than what it was when my eldest daughter had her, her initial surgery. Um, back in, say, 2017, for an example, there may have been maybe roughly 120, say, on a waiting list. And now we're up to 327 in 2024. Like, services have completely declined. And the fact that your daughter, you know, in that time, obviously she's grown up, she's got older, she's now 20 years of age, she's an adult, she's not on the child list. Yeah. Does that change th- things? Like, do the lists, do they get shorter as you get older or is there any change, Anna? Well, <clears throat> When she was um, on her last review appointment in CAFA, she was promised that she would still be seen um, through adult services um, in CAFA. But we're still waiting on an appointment, even though we've we rang numerous times. And even recently, she you, sent a follow-up email there last week just trying to see if she could get a follow-up outpatient appointment. Still have had no correspondence. Can't even get through to anybody on the phone. They used to have a dedicated spinal team there who were excellent at the time when she was there. Um, under Connor Green's team and uh, they were excellent but now we don't have any of those services uh, the numbers are all changed you can't even get in contact with a, a member of a spinal team Stay with us Anna if you don't mind I've uh, Sinn Féin TD David Cullinan who's uh, the party's health spokesperson is also on the line today because David you're actually bringing a motion to the doll on this later is that right? I am and I'm I'm well aware of the context in which we're bringing this motion forward in that there is a, a huge amount of mistrust, hurt, frustration from many families. I've met dozens of them over the course of the last number of months. In fact, this issue has been an issue for nearly 10 years. And as Anna has pointed out, so many promises have been made by successive governments, including that key promise that was made by Simon Harris when he was Minister for Health, that no child would have to wait longer than four months for, for treatment. That clearly hasn't happened, and in the vast, vast majority of cases, children are waiting years on end. And it isn't just access to the surgeries themselves. It's all of the pre-operative care, the post-operative care, the transitional care, 
the follow-up appointments, the lack of consultation with families, the frustration, all of that brings down on families, but also children. We have uh, surgeries that are life-changing, life-saving, that can be cancelled at short notice because we don't have a separation of scheduled and unscheduled care. And we had a children's ombudsman report last year which laid bare what it said was a litany of broken promises. So I'm really conscious of when we discuss this in the Dáil tonight, we've been here before, as Anna has said, and there has been lots of promises. But I have worked very closely with the advocate groups to represent parents and children. There will be um, a mobilisation of those children and their families in the Dáil tonight in the public gallery to hear what politicians have to say. The motion is a product of their needs, which is that we need, as Anna has said, to ensure that all children access care on the basis of need, not on ability to pay. It is the case that if you can go private, you get much quicker, faster access to services. I think that's unacceptable when it comes to children. We obviously need to increase capacity in CAPA and elsewhere. And that's obviously surgical theatre capacity is only one part of it. It's all the other elements of it in terms of ICU capacity, but also the pre-operative and post-operative. Okay. What do you what do you hope, sorry, David, is going to change though off the back of this motion tonight? Well, one of the asks in the motion, and this came directly from parents and advocate groups, is that because there is such a level of mistrust, that there needs to be a task force established that is representative of advocate groups and parents and clinicians, and that the government not just listens to and engages with that task force, but actually acts on its recommendations, and that that task force be independent of Children's Health Ireland. As we speak, there is a number of reviews looking into issues in relation to Temple Street. I know many parents have problems and difficulties with the basis of that review and the terms of reference, but there are reviews already in progress. We cannot allow this review to scapegoat any one individual. There are clinical governance issues. There are lots of issues that Anna uh, very um, passionately spoke about in relation to a failure to communicate with parents. All of those are problems. And what parents want and advocate groups want is once and for all to have a proper plan uh, that sets out what can be done, what needs to be done over a reasonable time period, but that there is a level of accountability so that parents are directly involved as opposed to being on the outside, being given promise after promise and then seeing those promises broken. So that's the wish uh, that we want to come from this motion. I very much hope that the Minister accepts it. I know that the Minister has reached out to all of the advocate groups to meet them uh, and they, as they understand us, will make a decision on that based on what he says the door tonight. Um, but so it's really important that we get progress on this issue because okay. we can't keep going around well, in circles, making promises, raising well, people's expectations, and then they, they're dropped um, once the political heat goes away. Will, will, you, will you meet the Minister? Have you, have you been invited to meet with the Minister, Anna? Uh, I, no, I haven't. I haven't no. been invited, but I, I engage with the Minister all of the time. He's well aware of my position. Yeah. I'll obviously have a chance tonight to articulate all of this in our motion, but our motion clearly sets out what needs to be done. And I make the point again, Andrea, I frame this motion in direct consultation with families and advocate groups. Okay. We gave them the opportunity to tell us what they need, what needs to be done, and we, we put a motion that has their support and the support of parents and, and what their needs okay. are. Okay. Anna, just on that, like as a parent of, of two children living living with um with the condition, what would you say if you had an opportunity to sit down with the health minister? Well, you'd actually have to maybe show them the pictures, show them, show them the children. Like you need to, I don't really know to be honest, but they need, need to 
reiterate that the dairy access is key to, to proper care for these children. Like they need to have timely access to early intervention for maybe physio or bracing. Like they need to have different options. You can't just be like kicking the can down the road and providing empty promises, say they're going to do this and they're going to do that and that never happens. Like I've heard it all before. I've been through this since 2017 and it's, it's been going on even prior to that. Like no government is actually willing to take responsibility provide a care plan for a child. When a child like is referred, they should be given an, a, an early appointment, they should be given a care plan, and there should be follow-up communication with parents on an ongoing basis. Like Parents are con- constantly having to phone up to try and um, see where their physician is on the waiting list or when an appointment might struggle. be. But like, you could get a phone call today say your, your appointment is cancelled tomorrow. Like It's ridiculous. Is it likely to pass, David, the motion, just finally? Well, that's a matter for government. Obviously, I haven't been given an indication. We'll know when the minister takes to his feet. But I think the point that Anna makes is is the most important point that can be made, which is each child needs a care plan. And each child is different and unique and will have their own needs. And we have to look at this holistically, not just in relation to the actual surgery, as I said. It's all of the pre-operative care, post-operative care, transitional care, access to services in the community. And what really frustrates parents is that uh, there's lots of missing pieces. They're then trying to go from one part of the health service to the other, uh, not getting answers to questions, battling the system, uh, while at the same time trying to make sure that your child has access to care. And I fully understand the frustration of parents when they say we've heard it all before, because they have. We have to be honest and say the political system let down these children. Oh, it's, it's a story we've covered many, many times here and, and you know, the similar situations to, to Anna on the programme and it, it is absolutely heartbreaking when uh, when you meet families and children with scoliosis and you see their deteriorating condition and, and the pain, as you can hear in Anna's voice as she's talking about her own two daughters. Sinn Féin TD, David Cullen and David, thank you for, for joining us in the programme today and also Anna as well. Anna Mills, thank you for, for sharing your story with us here on Lunchtime Live. Thank you. <clears throat> Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.